everybody. Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We love great baseball. We love great baseball, and that's what we have to discuss today. As another week came to a close, we start a new one. Let's talk about some of the top performances from Sunday. So we're going to start in Pittsburgh, where Andrew McCutcheon reached a major milestone. He got his 2,000th career hit. Did it at home in front of the Pirates fans, the fans that he has played most of his career in front of. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon is a Pittsburgh Pirates legend. 2,000 career hits. Of course, they weren't all with the Pirates because he bounced around with a couple teams over the past few years. But he made his way back to Pittsburgh this season, a fan favorite, a all-time great in the city of Pittsburgh. And he's the 291st player in MLB history to do so. Joining Miguel Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, Joey Votto, Elvis Andrus as the only active members of the 2000 hit club. And, you know, Kutch could have done this at any stadium, but it was it was only fitting that he did so at home in Pittsburgh. The Pirates ended up getting a 2-1 win against the Mets. You know, you got a nice ovation. I mean, they, I was watching a video flashback to Kutch's first hit in the majors, flashing back, you know, way back when, and then now his 2,000th. That's, that's a really big deal. 2,000 hits in the big leagues. I mean, you have to play for a long time. You have to play at a high level for a long time. So shout out to Andrew McCutcheon, who's had a good season overall. He's had a nice bounce back season, you know, compared to the numbers he put up last year. He's been doing a lot of DH. Last year he was with Milwaukee, played 134 games, only had a 700 OPS. This year he has an 804 OPS, which is very good, obviously, you know, well above average. And, you know, Andrew McCutcheon has... You know, I guess it's, it's some home cooking. You know, some people are just meant to be in a certain uniform and cut in a Pirates uniform just looks right. You know, his career OPS plus is a 129. This season he's at a, eight, at a 122. So just shows you he's not actually far off his career numbers so far this year. This is something we're talking about who has won an MVP before. You know, this is not just any good player. This is someone who was an elite player about 10 years ago. Good to see him being able to turn back the clock a little bit, at least with the bat. We're going to go to Chicago, where the Miami Marlins, Miami Marlins ended up having a comeback victory over the White Sox, a 6-5 victory on Sunday afternoon at Guarantee Rake Field. This was big because Miami recorded its 20th comeback win of the season. This is the third most in the majors. And not not only was it a comeback win, it was also a win in a one-run game. Miami is 17-5 and in one-run games this season. That's a 773 win percentage. That's the highest win percentage in one-run games by any team in MLB history. So it's it's awesome. I mean, this is a team that nobody expected to be, like, great this year. I mean, I think we definitely expect them to be better. They made some nice acquisitions in the offseason, but they're they're great. They've been really good, not just good, great. 37 and 29 right now is the Marlins record. They're second in the NL East. I mean, Jorge Soler hit two home runs in this game. Luis Arias has been the talk of town. You know, he's flirting with 400 at this point in the season. His average did drop to 397. I was saying this last week. I'm like, I think, guys, it's a bit too silly and early to be doing a 400 watch in June. Because we all know how precipitously a batting average can drop just with 
a couple games, a couple overs will will tank an average at this point in the season. You know, they haven't built up enough at bats for that denominator in their batting average to to water things down. But nonetheless, uh, you know, like I said, Soler had two home runs, his 18th and 19th of the year. Garrett Cooper homered and Gene Segura homered in this game. All in all, they ended up beating Lucas Giolito, who had been who has been very good. Braxton Garrett went five and a third with no earned runs and nine strikeouts. So the Miami Marlins ended up rallying. And if you're still on the fence about the 2023 Marlins, it might be time to join them in believing because believing is seeing and right. Sorry, seeing is believing right now. You know, they're, they're a very good team. They're winning a lot of games. They're legit. So the D-backs are legit. The Marlins are legit. 2023 is off to a really good start. You know, having these upstart teams, that kind of surprised you was always fun. Oh, of course, the Texas Rangers. I, I digress. I didn't even mention the Texas Rangers. Speaking of the Rangers, you know, let's go down to St. Petersburg where they, they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays this weekend and the Rays end up winning the series two out of three. Shane McClanahan was on the mound on Sunday and yeah, seven strong innings, seven strong innings for McClanahan and, uh, Randy Rosarena RBI single. Wander Franco, three-run homer. McClanahan ended up getting his MLB best 10th win of the season. And the Rays beat the Rangers pretty easily by a score of 7-3. So the Rays have shown us that they are indeed the best team in baseball. There's no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in anyone's mind. They're proving it against the best competition. They're doing it against everyone. Tampa Bay, year in, year out. They're not even slept on. We just know that they're good. But it's just impressive what they're doing. McClanahan, one of the best pitchers in the game, was on it, definitely on the mark on Sunday. So, yeah, that's a that's a big win right there. If we go to Baltimore, Gunnar Henderson had a big day for the Orioles. So he had a 562-foot homer, and that landed on Utah Street. So when fans walk along that Street and Camden Yards. A lot of people look at the markers that commemorate home run balls that have landed there. There's always been one that stood out from the others. There's a plaque there for Ken Griffey Jr.'s 465-foot homer that he hit in the home run derby. Uh, it's the only time a ball has ever hit the warehouse, which is you know, way back there. But maybe Gunnar Henderson could join Griff someday because he came quite close on Sunday afternoon. I mean, he hit a 462-foot homer. And this one, this one landed on Utah Street. It hit the ground so emphatically it bounced up and hit the warehouse. So it hit the warehouse on a bounce. And, you know, no one's seen that in a while. So, uh, someone already went there and, and drew, drew a marker on the floor. GH for Gunnar Henderson showing where that ball hit the ground. That's, that's far. That's far. So yeah, Henderson is, is had, you know, he's only 21 years old, by the way. He's not fully grown up, is what people are saying. He's gonna get some man strength, which is true. Um, he will when he's 25, 26, 27. Yeah, that's when you're gonna see some some serious power from him. But he's had you know a sophomore slump so far. You know it's been it's been a bit of a rough start. But since the beginning of June this month so far, he's 11 for 24 with four home runs and seven RBIs. So he's hitting 458 on the month in seven games. And also he hit late go-ahead homers in their wins at San Francisco on June 2nd and at Milwaukee on Thursday. So maybe he's breaking out of whatever he was going through. 
making his adjustments because we know how talented he is. We saw him hit the ground running last year as a rookie. But as I've said many times, you know, it's not common for guys to hit the ground running. You know, guys who come into the league like a Fernando Tatis Jr. or a Juan Soto and just tear things up their first year, that's pretty rare. Or even like an Adley Rushman, like we saw last year. It's rare. So Gunnar Henderson, now he's, he's raised his average up. His OPS now is an 804, so it's looking really good. I, I think you should expect a very strong year for Gunnar Henderson for the rest of the season. If we stay in the AL East, Yankees, Red Sox, in the Bronx. So Kike Hernandez came through as the Red Sox took the series in the Bronx. So he had a go-ahead RBI single in the 10th inning. And Yankees dropped this game and dropped the series. It was a 3-2 victory for Boston Sunday night. And, you know, Boston got a much-needed win. They had a very strong start from Brian Bale. Three strikeouts for him, but, you know, he's filling up the zone. And 3-2, you know, close game. Goes to 10 innings. But uh, Red Sox end up taking up two out of three games in New York. And this is actually the first meeting between these two teams, between the Yankees and Red Sox, all season long. So probably, I'm definitely going to see a lot more of them as the season goes on. But, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that they hadn't played each other all this while. So, um, if we head out to San Francisco, Brandon Crawford made his pitching debut. You know, Brandon Crawford obviously is a shortstop. He has played in precisely 1,601 games in his major league career. Up until Sunday, he had only played at one defensive position that was shortstop. Now he can add pitcher to his resume. It was a 13-3 blowout, and um, you know, Oracle Park got very loud. It's not often you see them, you know, cheering for... You know, sharing as if something big just happened, but it's because their their favorite player, quite frankly, he's the only he's the only holdover from the championship years. Brandon Crawford's the only player of the Giants who was you know, back there back when they were winning championships, like you know, 2012 and those years, 2014. But um, yeah, so he actually looked pretty decent. You know, he hit 90 miles an hour. I mean, still has he's got he got a can of an arm. That's what that tells me. He has a very strong arm. But uh, yeah, Brandon Crawford. The Giants end up getting a 13-3 blowout victory over the Chicago Cubs on Sunday. So, yeah, uh, those are the big updates. You know, as the, the weekend comes to a close, we have a good week ahead of us. You know, some key series to keep an eye on. Now, I would look at Phillies D-backs. The Phillies are going to Arizona. Obviously, you know, you have some exciting players on both sides. Trey Turner, Corbin Carroll, very speedy players you know, if you blink you might miss them these guys rank third and fourth in MLB sprint speed uh, so that's a that's a good series to watch out for also because these teams are you know the, these are key teams in the playoff picture right so the D-backs doing their thing surprising all the baseball out there in the NL West and the Phillies you know hovering around 500 but you know still have a good chance in the NL East and then you have you know Yankees Mets so Yankees Mets they don't have Alonzo. They don't have Judge. So both these guys are hitting an injured list, but these are both teams that, you know, they, they need to, it's Subway Series, but they need to win, right? Because their divisions are, are going to slip away from them if they don't, if they don't. But I would say the AL East is probably going to slip away from the Yankees regardless because of just how good the Rays have been. And then speaking of AL East, I'll say another series to watch out for is the Blue Jays and Orioles series. You know, that's a good head-to-head matchup right there. So that's going to be Tuesday through Thursday. But that's our update for now. That's going to do for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.